As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, Matt, I was thinking, and I want to start a zoo, but, you know, have like an Adam zoo, the, the Ballinger zoo, something like that. But I realized I need to get at least two pandas, a grizzly and three polar bears. Because that's the bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's not, not bad. It's not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Hey, I'm doing okay. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, real quick, before we get into some housekeeping, we want to say go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. You can find the shows that we're associated with being members of the Podbelly Network, and I promise you, you're going to find something on there that you will enjoy, and you may not find them any other way. So go check it out at podbelly.com. We also want to thank tonight's sponsors, Lomi and HelloFresh, and we will talk more about them throughout the episode. While you're on the interweb looking up Lomi and ordering you one, um, go over to patreon.com slash graveyard tales and you can sign up to become a patron. We've got three different levels. Um, our $10 a month patrons, they get the video versions of these episodes. So you can see what we're wearing that day. Um, you can see what you know Matt's new hairstyle is. You can... Uh, <laughs> You can you can see all our mess ups and stuff because I don't cut most of them out um, for our patrons. You get to see when we screw up or any behind the scenes jabbering we do. Yeah, yeah. Matt's Matt's new hairstyle is same as the old hairstyle. Oh, well, it's the original hairstyle. <laughs> the OG hairstyle. <laughs> we'll see if they get the video version of it. They can see what that is. They can figure it out. We also want to say that next week is our listener stories episode. We are really looking forward to getting this out. Um, thank you to everybody who sent in a story this year. Obviously, it goes without saying we couldn't have a listener stories episode without you guys. So right. this is our way of saying thank you for listening through the whole the whole year. And, you know, we're trying to bring back that old Victorian tradition. So 
That's right. That's right. It's a lot of fun. Um, we've had some phenomenal stories over the years. And so we're looking forward to getting some that are just as great for this year. So yep. it, it's, it's fun for us. Um, our listeners have said it's fun to write down some of these stories. Some people have even said it's a little cathartic because yeah. it may be a story from their childhood and just putting it on paper makes them, they just feel better. Yep. Um, but you know, regardless, um, the stories are great. We enjoy reading them. We enjoy sharing them. So, you know, if you've got one and you, you just thought, well, maybe I'd send it on, man. We'd, we'd love to have it. Yep. We, uh, you can send it throughout the year, as long as you put a Christmas episode or something in the subject line, and I will save it to the appropriate folder for that time of year. But we we also want to say thank you to Lisa. Um, Lisa created a game and sent it to us. And I'll apologize for not uh, thanking you sooner. Uh, we don't get by the P.O. box often. So we finally got by there and saw Lisa created a game. And she sent it to us for us to play. Um, so I just wanted to publicly say thank you to Lisa for taking the time to do that and for taking the time to send it to us. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is. Um, and if anybody wants to send us something, postcard from where you're at, anything like that, we do have a P.O. box. Um, the address is in the show notes. If you scroll down just a little bit past the description of the episode, you'll see our P.O. box. You can ship us whatever you want. If you want to send us a, a thank you letter for not being a video podcast all the time, so that you don't have to see our faces all the time. We'll take that. <laughs> you know, if you want to send us, if you're not in the United States and you want to send us a postcard from where you're at, we have had people do that before. And we love it seeing the different countries and areas that people are listening in. Uh, just don't send anything perishable. Cause like I said, don't get by there right. often. So, and if you do send something perishable, you're going to have to message us and tell us you sent cookies so i will get by there and get the cookies before they go bad that's right <laughs> all right adam let's take a minute and talk about one of our newer sponsors Lomi by pila i love Lomi. <laughs> i know it's just it's amazing and you'll hear how much we love it you know adam you you compost uh amanda and i compost and it becomes problematic at times because you've, you've got to have a spot outside. Mm -hmm. um, it's getting cold. We're not going out there and turning it over like we should. So the Lomi is just, it, it's amazing because not only are we producing good quality dirt for our plants and our garden, okay, we're helping the environment and reducing our trash. Yep. So everybody's going, what? Well, how? How do you do that? That all those things sound great. I'll tell you how you do it. You get a loamy, and a loamy is a countertop composting machine that will take your food scraps and turn them into dirt. And if you think it sounds like magic. It almost is. It basically is magic. I'm blown away every time I turn <laughs> that thing on. And like you said, the, the composting is a hassle, especially like 
during the summer it will bring flies around the house and it stinks we don't have enough room in our yard to get it far enough away from the house to where the bugs aren't a problem and then if you open that door or walk out there and get near it it stinks because i mean it's Mm -hmm. decomposing plant matter and such so it's gonna stink one of the awesome things about Lomi that I love and Ashley really loves is that it is stinkless. It, it You can't right. smell it. You put the stuff in there and click the lid down, and it can sit uh, inches from your nose, and you cannot smell it. It's got two activated charcoal filters in there, and it, you would be amazed. When you pop the lid off and stick your head in, you go, oh, yeah, there is stuff in there. <laughs> but with it yeah. closed, you'll never know it. Yeah, and... and- you think about how smelly your trash can get when you scrape, you know, your food scraps from, you know, mealtime into the trash can. You know, it, it begins to smell. Our dogs start to get a lot of interest in the trash can oh, yeah. when, there's, when there's food scraps in there. So now instead what we do is we take everybody's plate and we scrape it into the loamy. Yep. And... You know, our trash, we make less trash, for one, but now we're taking that food, those food scraps and turning them into something that we can use that's beneficial for our our plants, our house plant, and our garden next summer. That's right. And like you said, when you do that, you put your food scraps into the loamy, your trash, your kitchen trash stops stinking like trash. And it's mm-hmm. a big pet peeve of mine from work in the food industry. I hate the smell of trash because if you work the food industry, you understand what I'm talking about. But by putting the food scraps in the loamy, you eliminate that smell in your kitchen from your trash. And you pick the setting on the loamy and you let it go. You can hit the, the quick one and you will have dirt in the morning when you wake up that you can go throw in the garden throw away if you want to if you don't have plants or go sprinkle it around your house plants you can do the long mode and the long mode saves beneficial bacteria in the dirt at the end of the thing because it doesn't get as hot and so it's better for plant growth and all that and they've got a third mode that if you buy the plastics from Lomi you can buy plastic ware and plates and forks, spoons, you can throw that stuff in the freaking loamy and it will turn to dirt, which is yeah. actual magic, I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it is it is like magic. You know, we we do the grow mode. Um, you use that little activating tablet in there and in about 16 hours or so, you've, you've not only eliminated your food scraps, but you have made enriched quality dirt that your plants are going to absolutely love. Right. And we have been contacted by a few listeners already saying that they have purchased a Lomi after hearing about it from us, and they love it. So if you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup easier after dinner, then join Matt and I in the, the Lomi crusade here trying to get everybody in the world to have a Lomi. And what you need to do is go to Lomi.com, L-O-M-I.com slash Grave, G-R-A-V-E, and use our promo code Grave to get $50 off your Lomi. Yeah, that's $50 off 
when you head to LOMI.com slash grave and use our promo code grave, G-R-A-V-E, at checkout. Food waste is gross. Lomi is your solution. With the holidays just around the corner, Lomi will make the perfect gift for someone on your shopping So, Matt, that is all I've got for housekeeping. A lot longer than last time. But why don't you tell us, what are we talking about tonight, brother? Okay, so tonight we're going back down to Adam's home state. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, Texas, is, it's full of haunted places. Yeah. And, and we're going to look at another haunted hotel, but this one is a little bit different. Uh, we're talking about the Tarpon Inn. Okay, and it is on um, Mustang Island in Port Aransas, Texas. Um, It's it when we talk about some of these haunted hotels, you know, we're we're talking about these old hotels that are, you know, they have this Victorian style or some kind of uh, big, fancy, unique thing about them. You know, they sit right in the middle of town. You mm-hmm. know, it's a, this doesn't fit. This place looks <laughs> like it's a beach resort. Yeah. Okay. Basically. It is It is not anywhere you would walk up to and go, man, I bet this place is haunted. Right. Right. <laughs> but it sure does seem like it is. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, 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 an, it's a really cool place. Um, look at some of the pictures. I, I went through and I was looking at, at photos. Um. You know, people's vacation photos, you know, promotional photos of the of the tarpon in. Um, yeah, it's it, I'd go there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I'd say, hey, you know, if we got to go on a vacation, let's go here. I mean, it, it's great. Oh, there's ghosts. Well, we're definitely. going. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and Port Aransas is said to be similar to like the Keys. It has that same feeling. Uh, yeah. So it, from what everybody says, and I'll tell you, Matt, when I was a kid, I remember hearing people talk about Port Aransas and the way everybody down here says it. When I was a kid, I thought it was Porta Aransas. And I'm yeah. like, that is a weird name. Port Aransas. What? What is that? What does that even mean? And it wasn't until I got older, like a teenager, that I realized it's a port named yeah. Aransas Port. <laughs> it's not Porta Aransas. I, I kept thinking you were you were saying Porter Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we need is, to do an episode was... on Porter Wagner. <laughs> Maybe. You know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You, know, you never know. I mean, you know, we talked about ghosts at the at the Grand Ole Opry. That's true. I mean, his his may be hanging around. It, yeah. You know, now. I bet it is. <laughs> but I I thought it was cool that the building they said they they estimate that the building has been there longer than the town of Port Aransas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so we don't we don't see that really often. No, um, you know where where the the place we're looking at existed before the town did. Yeah, the yeah. towns <laughs> built up around the the building. Yeah, but like with any haunted place, the history plays a part in how we understand why. And how it may be haunted. So, Adam, take it away, brother. All right, man. Um, so, as we always say, go check our sources down at the bottom of the show notes. You can find where we found this information, and you can continue the research. Um, 
we don't get out to many of the places that we talk about. So we couldn't do our episodes without other people doing the legwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want mm-hmm. to say thank you to the people who do the legwork for us. Um, now, as Matt said, the Tarpon Inn is located on Cotter Street, directly across from the Fisherman's Wharf area on Mustang Island in Port Aransas, Texas, or Port Aransas, Texas, not Port Aransas. Um, the Tarpon Inn is one of the oldest buildings still standing in Port Aransas, and not because it's the strongest structure in the area, but because the owner and the community they care about this place and they want to keep it open for the history and all that. So they, the the area, the owner, everybody, they're like, if anything happens and I'll talk about what could happen, they rebuild, they get it fixed up yeah. and they keep it going because they care that much about this building. Mm-hmm. Now, back in 1856, a union barracks was actually constructed uh, in what would later become Port Aransas. Um, so this is what Matt was talking about. This this area, this building was here before the town. Um, yeah. The barracks consisted of two buildings. The first building was blue and housed the white union officers. The second building was green and housed the black union officers. The barracks assisted in the union blockade of the Confederate states during the Civil War. Well, after the war was over, barracks no longer really served any purpose to the union. So the tarpon was built in 1886 out of the surplus lumber from the Civil War barracks. So they they took these barracks, demolished part of them, took that uh, wood and built the Tarpon Inn sitting in the same place that the Union barracks were sitting in. Yeah. And and they didn't just they didn't completely tear it down. No. They no, it, the part of part of the original structure is still there. Yeah, part, still, it's still a part of the hotel. Yeah, yeah. The one of the two buildings they basically used wood off of that to add to the first building and mm-hmm. grow it. So it it's still still the same there. Yeah, um, been rebuilt a few times. Like I said, I'll talk about that. But it's still basically all of that stuff. There are still pieces of original building there. Now, the Tarpon Inn actually was first used to house workers um, for the Mansfield Jetty, the South Jetty uh, for Aransas Pass there. Um, so as they were working on this Mansfield Jetty, they were living in the building that will be named the Tarpon Inn very soon. Um, well, after work was completed on the jetty, the building became a hotel, and it's been a hotel ever since. Yeah. So it's been a hotel basically, I, I would say, most of its life. Uh, it yeah. was a, a union barracks, and then it housed workers, but then it was a hotel and has been ever since. Now, the Tarpon Inn was opened, like envisioned and and opened uh, by a man named Frank Stevenson, who was a boat pilot and, a, and an assistant Aransas lighthouse keeper. He named it the Tarpon Inn because of the abundant trophy fish that were seen and caught in the waters of the Gulf that just offshore there. And because prior to 1910, Port Aransas was known as Tarpon, Texas. Oh, there you go. So it, it kind of makes kind of makes sense. It was Tarpon, Texas. And he's like, oh, Tarpon Inn. 
and it was named Tarpon, Texas, because everybody was catching tarpon in the waters there and not being very creative. They just went, oh, tarpon. Yeah, we'll call it Tarpon, Texas. Well, you know, we don't have a town called Catfish, Tennessee. You should. That that I'm aware of. We might. You get. Um, There's Buck Snort. I mean, that's. There is Buck Snort. That's weird but, enough, right? You know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. But what if you if you named towns based on the fish that you could catch there? You know, you imagine bluegill like, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, bluegill Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there'd be places in um, Louisiana called mullet Louisiana because of catching the mullet fish. You'd think, wait a minute, mullet should be Alabama, not. Suck, suck a leg. <laughs> <laughs> alligator guard, Louisiana. There'd be alligator guard, Texas is though too. So yeah. Now it's claimed that the tarpon Inn is the birthplace of Texas sport fishing. So well, I could see that. Yeah. If you're, if you created an inn there on the Gulf and people are catching the tarpon there, I can see how people would, it, you know, from there, it the sport fishing would be birthed. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, an interesting fact about that, the hotel, the sport fishing and all that, and this actually came from the Tarpon in historical accounts itself. It said, Tarpon scales are quite large. Uh, some are as much as two to three inches across. So they're big enough to ride on. In past decades, that's exactly what a lot of the guests at the Tarpon Inn did. They document. Yeah, hey, he said. He said, "Right, right on with a pen." Because when he said that, I first my my first thought was, "He said, ride on." Oh yeah, yeah, well. And I was like, "Well, if I heard ride, somebody else may have heard ride." <laughs> that's a good. They were point. like going, "How are you going to ride a fish scale that's two to three inches wide?" That's a good point. I was so um, going to. Damn, they're huge! If you can ride them, like I had this picture of like a boogie board, two you to know, three and foot, it's like a yeah. big, big giant, big giant fish scale. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is a boogie board for some of the fay, so some of the fay will ride on them. So, yeah, I said right, like uh, with a pen and paper. Um, but the guest would actually document their catches on the scales, and they quote papered a couple of the walls in the main lobby. Because they they would write their their name, where they're from, their catch on there, and then basically yeah. like staple it to the wall. And there are over seven thousand of these scales on the wall. So you have got to look up a picture of this if you haven't seen it. Oh, it it is unbelievable. It's cool. really cool. Um, like they say, each scale bears the autograph and the hometown of the lucky angler, along with the size, weight, and date of the catch. Um, today those walls serve as a virtual history book. Or it says, or at least a rather quirky guest register of those who have enjoyed the hospitality, the Tarpon Inn, and the fishing around there. Now, some of those people that have stayed there, U.S. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt fished here for Tarpon in 1937, so prior to World War II, and reportedly had a great time. The official log of the trip indicated that the president got some work done during the vacation signing 32 acts of Congress while he was there. So that was interesting to me. He's signing 32 acts of Congress while sitting in the Tarpon Inn after fishing for sport fish. Yeah, well, you know, you got you to gotta, gotta do something. 
You know, Man, if I could do it, I would. Got to relax somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have been a Dallas Cowboys fan for a while or or at least know the history of the Dallas Cowboys, there's another guest of the hotel. And he was a member of the Dallas Cowboys from 1961 to 1974. And that's Bob Lilly. Oh, yeah. So Bob Lilly was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1980. Um, they frequently called him Mr. Cowboy during his career, but he spent a lot of time at the Tarpon Inn as well. So I guarantee you there's a Tarpon scale with Bob Lilly's autograph on it, and or there was, and somebody took it and sold it. I mean, <laughs> somebody snapped it off. Now, why, why is there a, a Tarpon scale on eBay with Bob Lilly's autograph? I don't understand. Yeah. Now, the architecture of the tarpon is pretty characteristic of tropical coastal structures. Um, it was designed and built for comfort. They said in this sunny, humid climate of Texas coastal bend. So many people say when you spend time at the tarpon that the area of Port Aransas is the key West of Texas because it has that kind of same laid back. Anything goes feel to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're if you're looking for a Key West, but you don't want to go all the way to Key West, go check out Port Aransas, Texas. Oh yeah, and and you know you can. This is one of the places where you can you can see time pass and the photographs uh, of the Tarpon Inn. I mean, there's there's photos of like you know Model A Fords parked out in front of it, mm-hmm. and, and then you you know you see. You know, there's there's photographs from the front that were taken last month um, and and all points in between. And it's really, really cool to see how it how it changed. Um, but at its core stayed the same mm-hmm. over all these years. Right. right. It's really cool. I know that that is going to be a place that uh, Ashley and Michael and I visit soon after reading the history of this place. Got to go there and check it out. I've wanted to go to Port Aransas for a while anyway, but this is just an extra little push into I need to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, this says that in 1897, Mary Cotter and her son, J.E., bought the two-story inn from Stevenson. The Tarpon Inn has seen its share of disasters, um, like I kind of alluded to earlier. But shortly after being sold to Mary Cotter, in 1900, there was a devastating fire that burned most of that building. So they they rebuilt, and soon after that, uh, two new structures were they were built and completed in 1904. Uh, now the current owner, Leroy Hoskins, said that quote the hotel was severely damaged in a hurricane in 1916. So they had just gotten done rebuilding it when another hurricane hit in 1919. So the 1919 hurricane was also accompanied by a tidal wave. So they, it's crazy because they had a fire in 1900. It wasn't until 1904 that everything was rebuilt. And then it went along fine for a while. Hurricane in 1916, they rebuilt Hurricane in 1919 with a tidal wave. And after the 1919 hurricane and tidal wave, 
the main building was rebuilt, but this time it had what they consider impressive reinforcements against future storms. Many of the yeah. pilings in this building were placed in concrete with the ends extending up through the entire structure into the attic. And many of the pilings were actually made from 40 foot telephone poles. So wow. you know how big the telephone poles are? That's mm-hmm. basically what the pilings are for the tarpon in. And they've sunk them deep into the ground and then put concrete. Cause they're like, you know what? We have, we have gone through this. We're not doing this again. We're going to, we're going to fortify this structure and we're not going to have to rebuild again. But this is consequently because of the protected shelter that it offers. The Tarpon Inn has housed many of the area residents during storms over the years. And it served as headquarters for the Red Cross, the Salvation Army, and military units during times when a, a weather event happens and they need to call in like the, the National Guard to help out. The National Guard. And the army and everybody will post up in the Tarpon Inn because it's so well fortified. Mm, that's cool. Um, after the 1919 hurricane, they went for 10 years. So in 1929, they had a fire that caused the second story of the green building to burn. Well, the insurance company went belly up due to the Great Depression. And instead of rebuilding the second story of that building, the owner at the time decided to roof over it. So there are still burnt rooms up in the now attic of the green building. And um, the green building became an event building after the fire. So people aren't yeah. staying there. But the, I mean, there's burnt rooms still that you, if they let you in there, you could see some of the burnt rooms in that attic, which I think is fascinating. Now, about a hundred years after the 1919 hurricane, Hurricane Harvey struck the Texas coast. I don't know how many people remember Hurricane Harvey, but it was bad. Um, windows and doors got blown out. The floors were damaged, and the office was one of the mostly uh, the most severely damaged parts of the structure. Hoskins said. Um, Hoskins again is the the new owner. Um, the estimated cost of damage to the city from Harvey was approximately $1 billion. The city also estimated that 100% of businesses in town had damage from Harvey. The Tarpon Inn was no different. The Tarpon was classified as totaled by the insurance adjusters, and it was said to be beyond repair. But as I said in the beginning, they don't want anything to happen to the Tarpon Inn. So the owner of the Tarpon Inn called in a specialty construction group that restores historic landmarks. After eight months of renovation and repair, the Tarpon Inn was back open for business. That's kind of incredible wow. to me how quickly it sure is. how quickly they got it back open for business. I mean, I can see getting the structure back up, but to get a historic building restored and back up to working order where it functions as an inn in eight months is incredible. Yeah, that is, that is pretty amazing um, to do that kind of rebuild, but it just gives you the, the understanding of, of how important this place is to the community mm-hmm. and, and how many people are willing to step up and, and bust their rear ends to get it back up in working order. Yep, exactly. 
Now, this says that today engineers marvel at the almost perfect alignment of the pilings, which they say is a difficult feat at ground level, much less two and a half stories in the air. Now, the end says on their website, and I, I liked this um, quote, so I'm going to read it here. The end says on the website that even though that's what engineers marvel at, you'll probably marvel at their two long shady porches with comfy rocking chairs. They also yeah. say they also give us the bragging rights to the title of the longest porches in Texas. And since no one has ever come forward to dispute it, we're sticking with our story. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about those fantastic porches. Cool. Um, and like we've said in other Texas episodes, there's always the biggest in Texas. And uh -huh. everybody's got the biggest something in Texas. I love it. It's just, it's hilarious to me. It's like I've got the biggest water glass in Texas, and nobody's disputed it, so I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it always reminds me of the joke about the guy that he goes to a bar in Texas, and he says, uh, "Bartender, he goes, give me give me a shot," and he's like, "I give you a double." It's Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas, so he gives him a double. And then he says, you know what? Give me a beer. He's like, well, you, you know, everything's big in Texas. So if you get one, you get two. Nice. Two beers. Everything's bigger in Texas. So after a while, this guy, he's got to go to the bathroom. And he asked the bartender, he goes, where's the bathroom? And he says, go down that hall and you go in the second door on the left. Well, the guy had had a few and he turned in the second door on the right. Uh oh. And it just so happened there was an indoor swimming pool in there. <laughs> well after you know he goes in doesn't know he falls in and, and and after a minute the bartender starts hearing all this racket and splashing and so he runs in there bartender opens the door sees the guy in the pool and the guy goes don't flush it don't flush it <laughs> <laughs> i'm using that i'm using that that's great um that's an old that's an old red fox joke believe it or not <laughs> i like red fox he was yeah. he was good. Um, but yeah, I, I like the fact that uh, they are super proud of their porches. And if you look at pictures of it, I would love to have a porch like they've got on my oh, house. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you, you if you wanted to find me, if I had a porch like that, I'd be sitting out on the back porch playing guitar with the breeze coming through and be going full redneck on it. I'd have me a, a glass of sweet tea and <laughs> sitting out there with my guitar. It would be great. Yeah, I, w I wouldn't. I wouldn't give anything uh, for our our back porch. It, it's fantastic. We've always wanted to have that front mm -hmm. porch, though. Yeah. Um, and you know, every every time I kind of draw up building one, it gets bigger and bigger. You know. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I think eventually it's good. I'm I'm gonna just I'm just gonna build an, a porch across the entire front of the house. You, Which would look ridiculous on our house. Nah, you might as well. You've got that little L shape there at the corner of your house. You could just put a yeah. big old, uh, like, veranda or something there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So the, the notes go on to say that in 1979, recognition was given to the Tarpon Inn as it was listed on the National Register of Historic Places as well as a Texas historic landmark. Now, currently... The inn has 24 rooms. Three of these are suites. And they say, quote, all rooms open to our shady porch, and they all have air conditioning, heating, and a private bath. 
Each room is furnished in period antiques and no two rooms are alike. Each room has its own distinctive and individual personalities. End quote. Yeah. And they also say that if you talk to them about what your your tastes are, your likes, they they will try to fit you to a room. So if you're like, I love old like wooden furniture and the, the wood motif, they'll try to find you a room that has a bunch of wooden old wooden furniture in it. If you're like, I like flower floral stuff, they'll try to get you into a floral type room. So it's yeah. really cool that they do that. Um, and I, I wanted to include that because not many ends will try to help you get a room like that, that you specifically would love. Yeah. And not many ends have differently decorated rooms. True. True. I mean, you know, most of the time, you know, the artwork's the same. The bedspread's the same. Everything's the same. It doesn't matter where you stay. Right. The view is just different. Right. And and I love a place that has, you know, each room is different because when you come back, it's like it's like you're staying somewhere different. Yep. You know, it, it, oh, well, this be, this room's bed is different. And this one's got this little so I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yep. So I, I think that we're, we're going to plan our next vacation. Yeah, do it. We'll meet um, Amanda. Amanda would she she'd do a backflip if uh, if I said, "Hey, we're gonna go. We're gonna go back to Texas." Heck yeah, she would. She would love it. We'll meet you down there. We'll we'll do a All beach right. vacation in Port Aransas. Well, um, you know, like we said, Tarpon Inn, crazy cool place. Not you. No expectation that it would be haunted, but it is. Or at least most of the staff believe that it is. Now, the owner, uh, Mr. Leroy Hoskins, uh, said that there is a story that has been passed down by the employees and past owners for decades. All right, so let's take a second and talk about one of our longtime sponsors, HelloFresh. And Matt and I love HelloFresh, especially during this time of year, because it's the most festive time of year. And HelloFresh is here to help make the most of every moment. So you don't have to worry about planning the dinners. I mean, Matt has used it for Thanksgiving dinner, so you could use it for Christmas dinner as well. Yeah. If you want to. There, There's a lot of meals as well in between Thanksgiving and and Christmas, and you have to plan for these meals as well. Well, instead of yeah. doing all that, then you can just order from HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that delivers farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and let HelloFresh make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Yeah, and it's not just holiday meals. I mean, this time of year, you've got parties to go to, you've got shopping to do, you've got that Christmas pageant that, you, you know, your kid's in. Thinking about just regular weeknight dinners can can really be a challenge. And you want to save some money. So you try to save on what you eat. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping, and it's 25% less expensive than takeout so you can use those savings to get that extra holiday gift or go treat yourself hellofresh can help you eat better 
during all the holiday temptation. Lord knows there's plenty of them. Oh, yeah. Their meals have 20% fewer calories than takeout, so you can still have all that great flavor without the guilt. That's right. And quality is HelloFresh's priority. Ingredients travel from the farm to your home in less than seven days, so you know it's fresh every time. And Lord knows how long they sit on the grocery store shelf, so it's much fresher than a grocery store. And if you're traveling over the holidays, that's fine. HelloFresh has plans that work with your schedule. You can change your preferences, your delivery day, and address in just a few clicks. So let's say you're going over to Aunt Gertrude's house for a week or so, and you're like, I don't like what she cooks, so we're going to have HelloFresh sent over to Gertrude's house. You can change the address from yours to hers and go, oh, Mm -hmm. shockingly, HelloFresh is here. Don't worry about cooking. We've got it, Gertrude. That's right, and it, it makes it so easy. My kids love it. When they see that HelloFresh box, they get super excited because they know they're going to get the help, and they know that dinner that night is going to be delicious. So if you want to join us and order HelloFresh for your home, or like we said, Aunt Gertrude's home, all you've got to do is go to HelloFresh.com Graveyard18 and use our code GRAVEYARD18, that's G-R-A-V-E-Y-A-R-D-1-8 for 18 free meals plus free shipping. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash GRAVEYARD18 and use the code GRAVEYARD18, that's G-R-A-V-E-Y-A-R-D-1-8 for 18 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal Now, this story is that of a supposed murder that may have occurred at the Inns Event Center around the early 1900s. Remember, Adam said that the green building that with the barracks became an event center. Mm-hmm. Now, the story goes that three couples used to run the hotel. One of the men was a chef. The other two men were waiters. And their wives were housekeepers. Now, Hoskins said one of the wait staff began an affair with the chef's wife. Uh-oh. Oh, it's getting a little tawdry here. But according to the story, the chef retaliated when he found out about the affair by throwing a meat cleaver at the waiter's head. <laughs> That's an effective weapon. Yeah, and it hit him. Okay? And they say it killed him instantly. Unfortunately, there's no real documentation of this case. So it could just be one of those legends that gets attached to an alleged haunted hotel. But the story has been around for a really long time, so there may be some slivers of truth to it. I, I can, you know, it, a murder, you know, always helps helps along the, the haunting aspect of a place. Oh, sure. And I can see there being some truth to it because like we've had in other other stories about a place, there is a small grain of truth that over time got a little embellished and it became meat cleaver being thrown when maybe mm-hmm. the guy just killed him in some other just way. Just killed him, yeah. you know, shot him. Or- right. 
you know, just cut him up with a meat cleaver, whatever, you know, poisoned his food. <laughs> hey, if I was a chef, that's how I'd do it. I mean, that'd be oh, the yeah. easiest way. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not kill him. Just give him really bad diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't have an affair with my wife if you can't leave the toilet. That's true. <laughs> Who would want to have an affair with old poopy butt over there? Oh. Sounds like I've I've thought too much about that. It does. It does. <laughs> but the, you know, Leroy Hoskins, he says, "I'm not really a believer of the paranormal." But he says maybe that's because he hasn't seen or heard anything. But many guests and paranormal investigators who have stayed there have said they've seen a thing or two at the Tarpon. Well, Amy Van Winkle, the hotel manager, told the interviewers in an October of 2020 interview that she feels the hotel is not only haunted, but that it's a hotbed of paranormal activity because she's seen a thing or two. Now, numerous staff report hearing odd noises and even their names being spoken when working alone at the front desk. Now, staff claim that the lobby door behind them will open on its own. That's weird. So you're down there, you know, working by yourself, and this door behind you just opens. Now, you expect somebody to walk in? Nothing. See that? Close it. After a while, it opens again. That would be freaky. I've, um, I know. We had that one experience in the Jefferson that I told you about where the door, uh, it was the opposite. It wouldn't open. Yeah. Yeah. And that was freaky, but I think a door just randomly opening would be freakier. Oh yeah. Yeah. Doors get stuck all the time, you know, but the fact that a door would just randomly swing open, you know, if it's a door that's problematic, it's not hung right. Right. Then it's going to swing open all the time, mm-hmm. but to do it just kind of randomly, nah, that's different. Now, um, over the years, Van Winkle said the guests have reported hearing children running across the, the patio late at night. They've also reported doors clothing, uh, closing on their own. Now we got doors closing. They were opening. Now they're closing. Or oh, they're closing. Unexplained. <laughs> <laughs> Unexplained lights flickering. Shadow figures appearing in the inn's courtyard on security cameras. And unexplained EVPs. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Now, as Adam said, the Tarpon Inn has a great porch. Now, when you look at the photos, two long porches, and they really encourage um, sitting out there and socializing by placing rocking chairs outside of the rooms. So these porches are covered in rocking chairs. Um, that but, would be great, man. You're sitting by the beach on this big porch in a rocking chair, man. Yeah. So, but it's not uncommon for you to be doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. And the rocking chair next to you begins to rock. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, They said, even, even on a very calm day, it's a common occurrence to see the rocking chairs moving or one or two out of, you know, the, the dozens that are out there. Right. Now, that, that's what gets, see, that tells you 
This isn't the wind. Mm-hmm, exactly. Because if it's the wind, it's going to get a bunch of them. Exactly. Not yeah. all of them. And it's never going to make a rocking chair rock back and forth like someone's sitting in it. No. It's just going to move a little bit. Now, they're talking about these chairs actually rocking as if someone's sitting there doing it. Yeah, that's fascinating. Like you mm-hmm. said, the fact that only one or two will do it kind of proves that it's not really a gust of wind or something right. that um, you could try to debunk it with. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, it would it would move five, ten of them, not just yeah. one or two of them. Man, I remember growing up at my grandmother's house, which wasn't too far from my parents' home. Um. In the very back room, she had this, she had a house that had a a long hallway. Mm -hmm. Okay. One long hallway that gave access to all the bedrooms and, and the, the guest bathroom. Right. At the very end of the hall was another room. In that room, she had an old wrought iron rocking chair. That sounds really now, cool. Yeah. Now, the this this particular rocking chair had pads for it. Okay, had little cushions. It had one on the seat and one on the back, and they tied on like those. You know, you see those old kitchen kitchen chairs. Yeah. You know, people will have these little cushions that that tie on to the back of the chair so they don't come off, but they move around. Okay. So the one that was on the back, it was tied on at the top, but it either didn't have ties at the bottom or they had, they had broken off over the years. It, it wasn't ever tied at the bottom. Right. And it made this very distinct sound. Okay. That, that little, because the back of it was open. It, it looked like it had rungs, just like a wooden mm-hmm. one, except they were made of, made of iron. Um, when it would rock with nobody in it, it would make this where that pad would swing and hit the back of the thing. There were times in my childhood that I would hear that rocking chair rocking and hearing the thump. And when you heard the thump, you knew no one was sitting in it. That's wild. And and so whenever I hear a story about these rocking chairs rocking on their own, um, it always takes me back to that because I never really understood. All I knew is that I was terrified to go back. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that long hallway, that room would be dark at the end of the hall. And then you hear the, if them, if them, mm-hmm. that rocking chair rocking and you know, there's nobody in there. But you know, we we used to do it and try to try to scare one another, my, my cousins and I. Right. Um, but I was the youngest, so I was always the one that got really scared. Oh, sure, yeah. But I know there were times when it when it this happened and no one was in there. It wasn't a trick. You know, it happened. So I I've personally experienced the rocking chair thing. Um, and it can be a little freaky. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. That reminds me just on a semi-related note. I think I've told you this story before, but um, I spent a lot of time at my grandma's and great grandma's house growing up. And 
when after my great grandfather died, my grandmother and grandfather moved in with my great grandmother, helped take care of her, stuff like that. So I would stay over there and my great grandmother liked to crochet stuff and she Mm -hmm. would crochet these music boxes. So she'd get the workings of it and then crochet something around it. Right. Yeah. And one of the things she did was a clown that played send in the clowns because she loved clowns. I, I think this story is why I don't like clowns, but, um, (laughs) it, it's hands had like a ball in each hand and a couple kind of in the middle looked like it was juggling and the hands Mm -hmm. would kind of move up and down as it played send in the clowns. And every, Every night, every other night, something like that, when I was staying there, about one or two in the morning, it would start the pink, 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 pink of the music box like it was slowly playing and the hands would kind of slowly move. Freaked me the hell out. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that would that would freak me out, too. It could have been a faulty music box. I don't know, but I I it scared me and. Yeah. Your rocking chair story reminded me of that. But you know, we've we've heard a lot of stories about music boxes being way for a spirit to communicate. True, true. Um, you know, just by being able to manipulate those little little tines that are in there that that create the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's pretty neat. But uh, back back to the tarpon. <laughs> yeah, sorry for that digression. Now now. Like I said, Amy Van Winkle is the is the hotel manager, and she says some guests have never stayed long enough to make it through one night in some of the inn's rooms. Oh, wow. Most notably, rooms 40, 37, 36, and the inn's honeymoon suite. Hmm. Yeah. Go there on your honeymoon, and all of a sudden, you, you realize, hey, I'm not alone in here. Yeah, right. You know? Well, we're... We're not. Hopefully, you're not by yourself. Yeah, hopefully, you're not alone on your honeymoon, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, let's hope. (laughs) But some of the unexplained phenomena that guests have witnessed in room 40 include the lights flickering on and off, the apparition of a woman appearing at the edge of the bed in the middle of the night, and hearing strange voices. So, you know, we've heard that before in haunted hotels. where an apparition will appear at the foot of the bed mm-hmm. or they'll, they'll get that, that sensation of someone sitting on the bed. So it, it that it's really odd, but again, I don't want to wake up anywhere and see somebody standing there. It happens to me in my own house enough, <laughs> you know, with a 10 year old that comes in there and just stands at the edge of the bed and stares at you in your sleep. Yeah. Freak you out. I don't, I don't know that they know how creepy that is. Oh God! No! Oh Lord! They will, they will, because they're going to have a child that will do the same thing. Yep. Or I'm fairly certain, I did it to my parents. When they get old enough, you start doing it to them. <laughs> Just yeah. go in their room and stand over them, staring until they wake up. Yeah, you wake up! Oh my God! <laughs> Every time you go, payback and run out of the room. <laughs> Hit him in the face with a pie, you know, (laughs) payback, smack, and then run. (laughs) Oh, but, uh, but Van Winkle said that she once captured an EVP in that room around 1 a.m. 
of a voice saying, we are watching you. That's creepy. Okay. You know, I've, I've heard EVPs, um, tons of them. I've listened to them hearing something that says they're watching me. I'm out. Yeah. You know, I don't want, I don't want that. You know, tell me your name. You know, tell me to get out, all that stuff. Don't tell me you're watching me. Yeah. And the, we, I don't want, I don't want want to know the, we, instead of me, I, it makes it worse. Mm -hmm. There's more than one of you. Yeah. We, we are watching you. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Van Winkle says she's a believer and she, she firmly believes that something is there. Uh, she's, she, in a quote, uh, during this interview, she says, I think it wants to be here, and I think it's friendly. I don't think it's going to hurt us. I think the tarpon is just a happy place for these spirits because it has been a beacon for many years, uh, or it's been a beacon uh, for many people for more than a century. So um, the age of the tarpon in also contributes heavily to the haunted activity sure. that goes on there. Funny thing is, is in all my research, I didn't find a single thing that said they saw a Civil War dressed soldier. That is weird. Um, I guess because you know they were barracks. Um, you know they probably didn't have a lot of death right there. That's true. Um, yeah. If you know that we we've talked about a lot of places that were makeshift uh, Civil War hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they probably didn't go back to the barracks. You know, they were in one of these makeshift hospitals uh, being cared for, or they died elsewhere. So there may not have been a lot of death. So that may be why you don't see the Union soldiers walking around. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Now, uh, after Hurricane Harvey hit the town in 2017, Van Winkle says employees were unable to open the door to room 37. So they tried everything to open this door, but when they were about to give up on the room, it finally opened on its own one day. Oh, weird. When employees were able to get into the room, they noticed that it was soaking wet. She says everything in there was wet. The walls, the furniture, and the floor. There were no broken windows and the rooms around it did not have any water damage, but this room did. She said it was bizarre. That is, that's really weird. That is, that is one of the craziest things I've heard Mm -hmm. from, from a haunted place to, to, and, and not only that, the buildup, the buildup to it, they couldn't get in this room. Right. Right. You know, they, they were. You know, after this hurricane, they're assessing everything and they can't get into this one room, keys, whatever. It doesn't matter. They can't get in. And then finally, the door just opens on its own. So somebody is physically trying to get through this door and they can't. Okay. For what it sounds like at least a day or two. Yeah. And then this door just opens. Okay. That's freak out number one. And then to go in there. To know the room on the left and the right is okay. It doesn't have any water damage. Mm-hmm. And then you go into this room, this one room, soaking wet. That's so weird. Yeah, that is, it's uncanny. 
Um, I can only imagine what the the thoughts that were going through these folks' heads when they walked in and actually saw what was in that room. Yeah, I I I don't I don't know what I would think because you don't expect that. You would think, okay, well, if I can't get in this room, maybe there's something blocking it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when it mm-hmm. finally opens, you think, oh, okay, well, that's weird. Must have been warped or something. Yeah. And you go in there and it's flooded. That's yeah. weird. And, and you know, maybe you try to explain it. Oh, the sprinklers malfunctions. Just here? Just in this one room? Yeah, right. Okay. Um. Well, may, maybe there was a way that the wind blew it in. You know, you 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 immediately try to explain why. Mm-hmm. Um, but n- nothing nothing would fit if both rooms adjacent to it were okay. Then how in the world would the water just go? Eh, we're just we're gonna fit right here. Right. We're gonna get in the middle here. Don't touch those. Right. Just right here. This is where I'm going. Well, okay. Yeah, That's so strange. So. Yeah. Now, Amy says it's also not that uncommon for her to receive phone calls in the night from guests with noise complaints. She says, I will get a phone call in the middle of the night with a guest saying, hey, Amy, can you tell them, can you tell them to tell the kids to stop running on the porch? And she'll ask, are they running right now? And they're like, yeah, yeah, they're running. So she jumps on the cameras and looks, and there's nobody on the porch. Not just no kids. There may be nobody on the porch. Certainly no one running. That's so weird. But, you know, you've got a guest on the phone saying, I can hear them right now. But they can't see them on the cameras. That is so weird. Yeah. She says the... The running of the reports, uh, the, the, the reports of the running children happen quite often. All right, Matt. So let's talk about a new sponsor of Graveyard Tales, and that's Miracle Brand Sheets. Now, did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend that you check out Miracle Brand's bed sheets. They're inspired by silver-infused fabrics made by NASA. And Miracle Brand makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. And that's the thing, madam. I I was amazed when I put these sheets on the bed. Because you get in, I sleep hot. Like, I I can get in bed and I'm cold. But then within five minutes of falling asleep, I'm drenched in sweat my body temperature rises like 30 degrees or something i don't know what it is but i i usually wake up sweating mm-hmm. these sheets are amazing because i put them on the bed and they were nice and cool when you slide in and they stayed nice and cool all night long the pillowcase i i didn't wake up with a damp pillowcase from sweating oh yeah and i, I hate that oh it's terrible didn't have to kick off the sheets so the silver infused fabric that they have it's good for some other things which we'll talk about but that self cooling thing keeping you the right temperature all night phenomenal that's a big selling point for me right there and you know the 
you think about you sweating in the bed, you know, all that, you know, ugh. These Miracle Brain sheets are infused with natural silver that prevent 99.9% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. And there's no gross odor. That's you know, amazing. I love all it. that, you know, all, all that sweat, skin and all that stuff. Yeah. Even and, if you shower before you go to bed, you're still going to be putting bacteria into your sheets. So yeah, exactly. The the silver, like you and I have talked about before, it keeps germs from being able to actually uh, multiply because of an ionization thing. We've talked about this yeah, in another episode. Yeah. And they have the silver in the sheet. Yeah. And, you know, everybody, what, what are they going to be soft? You have no idea. These sheets feel different than any I've ever felt. It is mm-hmm. a softness I have never experienced. You know, they are... They are luxuriously comfortable, but they don't have that high price tag that other luxury sheets have. That's right. And, you know, because of this, because of all the benefits you get from these Miracle Brain sheets, Miracle Sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, your friends, or family. I mean, who doesn't want to, who doesn't want better sleep and a luxurious feeling bed sheets? I mean, and they come with three free towels so you get two gifts in one and and it's right in time for the holiday and not only that they're better for your skin so when you're not sleeping on all that bacteria it's better for you it doesn't clog your pores it's better for your skin you have fewer breakouts and you know if you've got really dry skin and all it helps with all of that so if you want to try these amazing Miracle Brain sheets, go to trymiracle.com slash grave to try it today or gift it to somebody special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for Graveyard Tales listeners. You can save over 40% when you're sure. Be sure to use our promo code grave. That's G-R-A-V-E. And check out to save even more and Get three free towels. That's right. And Miracle is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. So upgrade your sleep with Miracle Brand. Go to TryMiracleBrand.com grave and use the code GRAVE to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Now, the hotel isn't the only thing that's haunted on the property. The inn's restaurant, Roosevelt's Fine Dining, has experienced paranormal activity before and after hours. Staff who work in, uh, in, the, in Roosevelt's report numerous paranormal incidents, including pictures flying off the walls and kitchen tools clattering around on their own. Now, some employees have even reported this uneasy feeling of being watched when they're alone in the restaurant. Remember, the AVP told you, we're Mm -hmm. watching you. Mm -hmm. But they've also heard their names being called out just out of nowhere. There are reports of unexplained sounds of a person walking and strange apparitions of children appearing on camera in the eatery's outdoor dining area. So. So now we the children make the noise, 
you can't see them. But then there's somebody right there in the restaurant and they don't see this child, but somebody says, Hey, there's a kid on the security camera. Do you see this child? No. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Just wanted to check. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Now, man. Former assistant manager Pam McNeil, who now lives in the San Antonio area, also shared some experiences that she had while working at the Tarpon Inn. McNeil told about the couple that um, they were, they were, it was an older married couple and there was a hurricane coming in the early 20th century. They tied themselves together in a vow that they would never get separated. They would never be apart. Their fear was that they would get separated in the storm and that they would each die alone. Now they did die, uh, in the end during this storm. Um, but she says it, she will sometimes if you listen just right, you can hear their spirits calling for help. Uh. Nice. See, there's something creepy about hearing disembodied voices calling for help. Yeah. You know, it, it's one thing to hear them saying, you know, neener, 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 and messing with you or whatever. But when you hear somebody screaming for help from what we presume is the afterlife, mm-hmm. that, I don't know, but that, that sends chills up my spine. Yeah. And, and to my knowledge, this is a documented story um, about this couple that did this because when they found their bodies, they were tied together. So mm. I don't know if they they pieced together what happened, um, you know, based on the fact that they found this pair that was tied together. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure they may have come up with the idea, the story of why they did it, um, but it it makes sense. You know, they, they didn't want to get separated. So they tied, they tied themselves to one another. So maybe they thought they were going to be able to ride it out, but they were afraid they would get separated and, uh, whatever. But yeah. So to my knowledge, this was an actual story that happened, um, about this couple. Wow. Now in, in some of the cases, McNeil said that she has seen the spirits themselves. Now in one instance, she saw a dark, cloudy human shape in the doorway of the on-site apartment she occupied when she worked there. Her husband was in another part of the apartment and couldn't possibly have gotten over there. Uh, and she said, in fact, he had he admitted later that he had seen the apparition too. Hmm. She said, uh, uh, the the once in the building. She was in the building once where the old Silver King restaurant used to be, Mm -hmm. um, which is actually behind the inn itself. And she said, something yanked on my shoulder so hard that my necklace shook. Oh, wow. That's. And she said that one, that one got her. Yeah. That one got to her a little bit. But then she had another situation where she was preparing dinner. And she saw, uh, saw a shape in the kitchen. 
Now, she remembered the old story about the chef who killed the waiter. Mm -hmm. So she cried out, I'm in the kitchen. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) And she says it vanished. Hey, Uh, there you go. (laughs) Now, McNeil uh, also reported that her brother stayed in one of the hotel rooms during a visit, and he was uncomfortable with cigar smoke. The problem? Nobody in that group smoked cigars. Yet, when they went outdoors into the long balcony that's on the front of the inn, they found a cigar butt in one of the ashtrays, despite no one's having been near that place with a cigar. That Cigar smoke's another one we hear fairly yeah, frequently. I was going to say. I guess as popular as cigar smoking is, to, you know, now, mm-hmm. um, it, it was, it, it, it was, really popular you know in the early 1900s yeah you know it was it was kind of a status thing i i guess in some ways it is now too but, yeah um, it, it you know. kind of is it's um so it, it, but that is a popular it, thing um it yeah. smells seem to be something that maybe it's because it's easier for a spirit to communicate with smells or because our brains are wired to, you know, a smell will trigger a memory quicker than anything else. Yeah. So maybe that's how you can communicate in the afterlife is, is you, you mess with the person's senses to make them smell something or something. Maybe, yeah. maybe it'll make them remember you or something like that. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I've seen it so many times myself where I'll get a whiff of something and it takes me back to, you know, uh, uh, you know, my, my grandmother, you know, I, I, I smell the perfume that she used to wear and it always makes me think of her. Um, you know, when I, when I smell certain, certain types of wood burning, it takes me back to, you know, the fireplace. Um, or the wood burning stove that my parents have in their house. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, smells are really attached to not just memories but emotions too. Um, so that's a it's a really strong way when we're when we're thinking about a spirit coming up with a way to to try to communicate and to find that energy. This this would be something that might tie them to their location. It's just the smells that surrounded them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the time it's, we'll hear stories of you smell flowers or perfume or something foul, you know, something stinky, like, you know, it smells like sulfur or things like that. So, I mean, smells with hauntings are not uncommon. Yeah. Now, um, the most famous story uh, from the Tarpon Inn is that of a bride who was stood up by her husband on their wedding night. Every hotel, every haunted hotel has one of these, it seems. Uh, the jilted bride. Oh, yeah. Always. Yep. Yeah. Now, the couple was staying at the inn, and the bride was found hanging from the rafters in the hotel's honeymoon suite, which is room 29. Now, today, visitors who stay in the honeymoon suite claim they can smell the floral scent of perfume and some even claim that they have seen the apparition of the woman herself hanging. Ooh. 
That's creepy. That would be freaky. Now, in room 29, which we're talking about, McNeil said it has a bed and uh, and a style of, uh, it's a sleigh bed. Okay, you know what a sleigh bed is. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Big headboard and footboard. Um, But it's been known to levitate. Why? Yeah, just float up in the air. Look, if if you've ever owned a sleigh bed, if you've ever had a friend that owned a sleigh bed that you were going to help move, then you dog cuss them. Because oh, yeah. These things are so heavy. Yeah. And yet there's people that have reported seeing this big, heavy sleigh bed just lift right up off the floor. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we're, you, you're getting a, a lot, a lot of activity at this one hotel. Mm-hmm. She says this particular bed is not wood, but it's a very heavy metal. So that, to me, that makes it even heavier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, in that same room, there is a decorative palm tree that has moved about under its own power. A walking tree. It, 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 yeah, at least not from any human human moving it. Now, the the next room is room 40. Now, room 40 supposedly has the most paranormal energy in the entire hotel. A couple who was staying there claimed the husband had been waving at a pair of young girls that the wife could not see. When the couple reported this to the staff, they confirmed again that no children were staying in the hotel at that time. Weird. Now, during an investigation by Corpus Christi Spook Central, that's a that's a mouthful, right? Yeah, it there. is. Um, an EVP was recorded in room forty. Now, the voice on the recording says Jonathan in response to an investigator asking if the spirit would share its name. Now, the story is that someone supposedly committed suicide in room 40. And McNeil says she believes that the Jonathan uh, who responded to the investigator's question is the Jonathan or the at least the person that committed suicide in that room. Hmm. Other names have been captured on EVP as well, including Freddie, Edward, and even Mommy. (laughs) Mommy would get me. Yeah, right. (laughs) That would would be like, okay, it's time to go. Yep. Uh, Now, Margaret Prescott, who is lead investigator and founder of Corpus Christi Spook Central, says that while using a spirit box, they have also captured a child laughing along with a sweet little voice saying hi. That's still, it, I don't yeah. care if you yeah. call it sweet or not. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. Hi. Right. Nope. <laughs> but even McNeil said the spirits don't seem to be harmful. Said they don't scare you or threaten you. She's like, I think they just want people to know that they're there. That's fine. We know it. Bye. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, with with any haunted hotel, Adam, you know this is what I love to do. I love to to go to TripAdvisor oh, and yeah. see if any of the reviews include paranormal counter, paranormal encounters. Well, I found one. Awesome. So this review comes from uh reviewer 
two from Texas 42. And this is in regards to their stay in March of 2011. Now, it was a fairly long review, so I cut out the the parts that we're not interested in. And but this is this is part of that review. We awoke the second morning to a high-pitched sound. The hotel grounds were extremely quiet. I tried to locate the sound by opening the balcony door only to find nothing. I opened the closet and didn't hear anything there. But the noise seemed to be coming from inside the room, yet it sounded faint and far away. The office was below us, but it wasn't open for business yet. My husband woke up and said he heard it too. I told him it sounded like a woman moaning, and he said it sounded more mechanical to him. said perhaps it was a cat outside on the front porch, but it was long and continuous. And it wasn't until we got home that her husband admitted that it sounded like a lady moaning. And she says, we'll never know. He didn't want to admit it while he was there to (laughs) freak himself out. (laughs) That's right. That's right. He didn't want to freak himself out because he he maybe had stayed there. Uh Um, But yeah, so... That's aw- that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I I love and it, it doesn't happen every time. You know, I I love to check it, but it doesn't always happen, but uh when it does, you know, this this these are the experiences that you can go, okay. Oh yeah. Somebody took the time to put this review out here and say, "Hey, and by the way, I had this weird experience." Yeah. That's that's great. It is great. Um, but man, I'm telling you the Tarpon Inn has got some incredible stories and especially that room that was wet. Oh, that one, that one takes the cake for me. Yeah. That, um, that's a new one. That's so yeah. fascinating. Cause never heard that before. Yeah. Never, never heard, never heard anything even close to that. Uh-uh. So, you know, just based on the research that that we did, we would have to say that, you know, I, I feel like you know I trust in the employees that, yeah, they they've experienced some really strange things, and that something is definitely going on at the tarpon, and it may it, it may be exactly like what Miss McNeil said. They're just wanting to let you know that they're there. Yep. Very, very possible. And and if that's the case, man, that's the coolest. I mean, it absolutely is to have a haunted hotel where they're not trying to scare you. They just want to go, hey, we loved this place too. Yeah. Yep. And and when we passed on, we came back. You mind if we hang out with you on the porch? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, But I, yeah, I mean, I, I know I say this about a lot of places, but if we were going to try to do something like that, if we were going to try to do uh, a, 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 a remote show, uh, you know, open for, for people to come and that this would, this would be the, place. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Th- this would, this would be a fantastic place for more than just the paranormal stuff that goes on. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, right there on the coast, uh, so if, if you've ever been there, if you live by there, um, we would love to just, just hear from you 
let us know what your stay was like, mm-hmm. how it was, and and certainly if you had any weird experiences while you were there, let us know. Oh yeah. And the the best place to do that is in our Facebook group. Um, we call it the graveyard, but we've got seven, eight thousand members in there. Yep. People share personal experiences all the time. No one is there to make fun of you. No one's there to call you a kook. We're all just here to have, you know, the share those experiences with you. Right. Um, you know, most everybody has had something happen. Um, we just, we just want to hear your side. So that's a, that's the best place to come and share that story with not just Adam and myself, but with the rest of the graveyard. Uh, after that, you can go over to our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, we have links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. Uh, you can listen to the show and you can become a patron. And we, we thank everyone who, uh, who donates to the show. Every little bit helps. It, it, it allows Adam and I to keep our equipment functioning, um, you know, and, and create bigger and better content right. uh, for our listeners. Great, great. This is this has been one of my favorites, Adam. Oh, I know. It's a great, uh, great hotel, but also really cool hauntings. Absolutely. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.